This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online. Now, I've prepared a show. I mean, I've got it written down, my two pages of show notes, but I'm not exactly certain what order I'm going to go in. (laughs) I mean, I don't have to tell you that. I can just let it go and just do my show. And and you would have no idea, because I'm so good at it. Okay, I don't don't know how good I am at it. But uh, anyway... um, Uh, This past week, on Wednesday night, uh, uh, each week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, I clean a building, uh, part of a building. Uh, It's the same building. On Wednesdays, I do the common areas. On Tuesdays and Fridays, I take care of a big suite that's inside the building, a big one. Uh, And, you know... Even though it's a big suite that I take care of, it only takes me a couple hours because there's no, I don't do the whole thing. But still, anyway, Wednesday, I was heading, I, I just leave the office and I go right to the building to take care of it because the sooner I can get to the building, the sooner I can get home and have my work over, you know. And uh, so I often stop at, a, there's a gas station slash convenience store along the way. And uh, I go in there, and uh, I was prepared as I was heading in this week. I was uh, on that particular night. I was prepared to be angry or at least annoyed because of a certain something that I expected would be uh, uh, taking place or not taking place when I got there because I've gotten used to it. I've got. I've come to expect it each time I walk in there. I'll get to it. But it also uh, this this particular convenience store has uh, a young woman that works there, and she's very nice. She's very pleasant to people, and she has this is affectation the word the correct word I don't know. But she has this uh, uh, what she'll say to customers any customer she'll just say, uh, "You're good to go, bud." She'll call him Bud. Thanks, bud. You have a good evening, bud. You know, that kind of thing. She says that. I, it's just her thing. And I find that endearing. All right, so she's... And mostly she's just fine at what she does. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a thankless job working at a cashier, you know, cashier counter at a convenience store. It's not a glamorous job and might even be a little dangerous because, uh, you know, sometimes people will hold up such a place. So anyway, but I 
walked in expecting to be, if not angry, annoyed, uh, because, well, COVID is still a thing, y'all. It's still a thing. And with Omicron, Omicron, uh, which might be peaking, the COVID from the from the Omicron Omicron wave might be peaking at this point. Uh, I had heard on the news that in the Twin Cities, health experts are expecting it to peak over this weekend, uh, which means that it'll start to, you know, the, the cases will cases will start to go down. What we're seeing here from uh, from from this particular variant, which is much more easy to spread around, is we're seeing, I think, some of the the aftermath of the the uh, Christmas holidays. Uh, and, and New Year's holidays. Those, the, 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 that, those two holidays, we're seeing the aftermath of people getting together and this particularly uh, easy to, to spread around variant of the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's quickly overtaken Delta, which Delta was telling us, everybody, that, you know, COVID is still a thing. And now this one, is telling us the same thing. And I walk into this particular convenience store and I'm generally the only person there wearing a mask. And I just, I walk, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what it is. It, the, the people that work there aren't wearing masks and the customers that come in aren't wearing masks. Oh, once in a while there might be another person in there with me that's got a mask on. And I just... And I'm wearing the two masks. I'm wearing a surgical mask with a, a double-layered uh, cloth mask over it. So that's that's what I'm I'm doing, right? And I do it anyway, regardless. Sometimes I just put the surgical mask on, but so I walk in, and of course, she's not wearing a mask. This is this, this past Wednesday. She's not wearing a mask. Uh, there was only one other customer in the store that had a mask on. And, and I almost, I felt tempted. It was a younger woman, and I felt tempted to just kind of, you know, nod to her and say, hey, at least we understand the importance of wearing masks. You know, thank you for wearing yours. And she was wearing it properly, too. <clears throat> I think it was one of those uh, surgical types. Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. I swallowed a little weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I get in line. And the annoyance is, is in there. It's like, I can't believe these people don't get it. And there isn't even... They used to have the plexiglass on the counters uh, uh, between you and the cashier. They used to have that set up so there's a little bit of a plastic barrier between us. I don't know how effective that stuff is, but maybe it's somewhat effective. It's better than just breathing directly on each other. And at the head of the line is an older gentleman not wearing a mask. Then it's the younger, uh, the, 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 this younger woman wearing a mask, and then it's me wearing a mask, and then somebody else came in and got in line behind me not wearing a mask, and I think somebody else came in at some point not wearing a mask, and it's just, oh, God. And I, I refrain from saying anything, because why? So the old fella up front, he says to the cashier, to the young woman, you know, the, the, the bud gal, says to her, boy, I hope, you're, I hope you feel better soon. So then I look at her and I go, she's sick? And she did not look like she was feeling well. 
uh, you know, I mean, I had full view of her face because she wasn't wearing a mask. And she was sick. Great. The woman that was ahead of me in line, who was wearing a mask, she had a bunch of snacks and stuff. So she, 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 she gets all rung up, and uh, the you know the bud gal says, uh, um, you know that's twenty dollars and seventeen cents. So the woman ahead of me, she takes her credit card out or check card or whatever it was, and she debit card runs it through the thing, get takes her stuff and goes. So then I move up into position. I'm wearing a mask. And the bud gal starts to just, oh, I, it's just been a horrible day. It's just terrible. She even dropped an F-bomb. And effing, everything's going wrong. And I just went and I looked. And I said, well, what happened? What's going on? And she says, the, the woman just ahead of me was 17 cents short on what she paid. Apparently, whatever card she was using there just had 20 bucks on it. So it was short to 17. And and the cashier didn't notice. So so that you know woman walked off without paying the whole thing. So I said, well, you can put the 17 cents on mine. You can put it on my order. And she said, oh, thanks for offering, but uh, you know I, I can't do that. The registers are, are dumb, and I can't do that anyway. But thanks, bud. And I, I, said, well, I said, I can give you a dollar, you know, I said, no, no, no. She says that's for real nice. I'll, I'll just put it. You know, I'll figure it out. And you know, she said she could probably just put it on her card and just to, you know, to balance out the register so it's not a problem later on. And so I just, it, when as this was taking place and just her, completely honest. This has been a horrible day. <laughs> her honest way of that, the 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 anger and annoyance just sort of melted away. Because I saw her uh, not as a, as a, uh, as an opposing player in in the war on COVID, I I saw her as another human being not having a great day. And I said, you know, so she, I pay for my stuff, and I said, well, I hope your I hope your night goes better for you. And she says, thanks, bud, and and I left. But I, you know, but you know, you're sick. One, you shouldn't be here. Two, if you're here, wear a mask if you're sick. You're sick. It might not be COVID. It might just be a cold. It might be the flu. It might be something else. But you, if you're sick and you're going to come into work, you wear a mask. You're dealing with the public. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I stopped by there again tonight before going to that same building. Uh, and she was not there. It was a different person. I don't know if she works Friday nights or not, but you know, she, she wasn't there with somebody else. Not wearing a mask. <laughs> again, I'm the only one that walks in there. Where I don't get it. I, I don't get it. It's just... COVID is still a thing, y'all. My Facebook... Um, uh, you know, you if you're on Facebook, you'll know this. Every now and then, you get notified. You know, Facebook tells you, "Hey, here's some memories from today." You know, look back at some of the things you posted on this day, however many you know years ago. And a, but a year ago, I had posted uh, a video from um, 
uh, from YouTube of QI. Now, I know I talked about this on the show. I talked about it in a pedantic moment. I'm not going to play the pedantic moment theme here. I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it, although this is sort of a pedantic moment follow-up. A clarification, if you will, and, uh, and a possible vindication. Maybe. Uh, the QI is a uh, British panel show. Um, it was been on for years. The first several years, uh, it was hosted by Stephen Fry, and then it, he left, and uh, Sandy Tosvig she took over the show from there, and I believe she's still hosting it. If in fact the show is still on the air, I don't. I think it is. And it's QI stands for quite interesting. I've talked about the show on here before. Obviously, I did a pedantic moment about it about a year ago here, and then a few days after I did it on the show, I shared the thing on the Facebook. And so, <clears throat> there. It, what they put on YouTube, the official QI web uh, YouTube channel, they'll put up clips of the show, not the full show, but they'll put up clips. And some of some of them are compilation clips. They'll be, you know, ten minutes long, and they have several segments from several different shows, uh, different episodes, I should say. Uh, you know, so some of them are hosted by Stephen Fry. Some of them are host. You know, include uh, Sandy Tosvig as the host. And, and, but they're on a topic. And one of the topics, uh, this particular one that I talked about, was on the, it was, the topic was um, quite interesting facts about America, the United States of America, where I live. And uh, some sad statistics were being given. Um, the question that Stephen Fry asked his panel, he says, uh, where do... 3% of Americans live. Uh, I think it was 3%. Uh, they live in prison. We, if, if his numbers are correct, I don't know what year this was, how far back it was, but within the last 10 years, I would guess. Uh, you know, 3% of Americans are in prison. And, that's, and then he gave these other statistics, and they're really sad. I mean, this show is funny, but sometimes they get some serious stuff going on, and this is kind of sad, but they try to get some comedy out of it somehow. I, I'll link to the segment if I remember to do so. Uh, and one of the things they said was that that was a, a disturbing statistic, was that more 17-year-old black people are in prison than are in college. And back then, a year ago, I was thinking, can I, but yeah, yeah, most people, most, you know, if, if you follow the regular motion of schooling in, here in the United States, it's, 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 you know, preschool, kindergarten, grand, you know, grade school, middle school, high school, college. You graduate high school, the next school year, you're heading into college. That's how it goes for them, for most college students. There's, pl there's plenty of them that go back to college later in life or they take a year off or whatever, but most college students, I think I can safely say this, head to college the, 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 the fall after they graduated high school. That's how my son's done it. And the thing is, and you're, you're 18 when you start college here in America. That's what I was saying. It's just like, 
Sure, there are some people that get moved ahead in, in a year, and they, so they might be younger. But, yeah. And so when I posted on Facebook, and that, that was, I was being pedantic about that, I said, well, yeah, there's, there aren't that many 17-year-olds in college in the United States. Because they usually start when they're 18. Most of them start then. And so that's, that's where I left my pedantic moment. Well, when I posted on the Facebook, I got some people pushing back, reminding me that the United States is uh, 50 experiments in democracy, which is the experimentation will be coming to the end in 2024 when Fearless Loser uh, is installed as king and then he you know, do, does away with American democracy. So that's coming. That'll be great. You know, it'll be great. You know, we'll finally have a strongman leader, and he'll do no wrong, and we'll all have, to, all have to have portraits of him in each household, and you know, it'll it'll, it'll be great. It's just you know, it'll be it'll, it'll be wonderful times for me. America will be made great again. Anyway, do I not sound optimistic about the future? I I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm being just alarmist, I guess. Anyway, that's I, so. People were pushing back that saying that, well, you know, in my state, we started we could we started off our schooling at age four, going into kindergarten. Well, if that's the if that's how that went, then okay, you start at age four, going into kindergarten. By the time you graduate, if you go through the normal schooling, you you have a good chance to be seventeen when you're starting college. Oh, okay, I didn't think of that. So that's right, because I was looking at a Minnesota perspective. That's the way it is here. And then there was some stuff about somebody in the UK was telling us about how they do their college universities, whatever, with their, their school thing. Public school, I guess, is for rich people, but I, it's called public. I don't, I don't understand. You know, the only thing I understand about uh, uh, about schooling over in the UK is anything that I learned from the Harry Potter books and movies. So I don't know what's going on over there. But that's where the show QI comes from, the UK. So anyway, I saw this. I was reminded about it. I thought I was reminded that the people pushed back, and I thought, oh well, maybe I, I guess I'm wrong, or I could be wrong. I should look into this more. And it took about a year, and I finally looked into it more, and it turns out I'm right. <laughs> I went. I found statistics uh, through a website called. Uh, World Population Review, and then the National Center for Education Studies, uh, those couple of websites, uh, which was telling us, uh, the, uh, the, the, the second one there was telling us that uh, the percentage of, uh, uh, well, no, the first one, uh, uh, the uh, World Population Review, was giving information about, um, well, let me just synthesize it this way. Most states, you have to start. At, you start at five years old. You have to be five years old to start college, or not college, <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> you have to be five years old to go to college, kindergarten. Most every state, just just about. There are some exceptions, and I'll get to them. Uh, and but this, of course, this data came out from 2021, so things might have been a little different. But here are the exceptions: New Jersey. Uh, school districts may admit children aged four to five, uh, but and they must admit children that are aged five to six. So a four-year-old in New Jersey could start in kindergarten, and that kid 
going through the whole schooling system could start college at age 17. Uh, New York, New York State. Uh, it says uh, students must be between four and six years of age. Well, that would be five, right? That's between four and six. But I, th I, have a I think what they mean is that range. They can be four-year-olds, they can be six-year-olds, or five-year-olds to go to kindergarten. So again, you might have somebody seven, 17 starting college if everything goes in the normal flow. Pennsylvania, students must be between four and six. The minimum age for kindergarten in Pennsylvania is four years and seven months before the first day of the school year. I uh, started kindergarten in 1970. Uh, my birthday's in, in mid-November, astrologers put your charts away. In Minnesota, you have to turn five years old before uh, on or before September 1st. So I was about two and a half months, you know, too far behind to start kindergarten in 1969. If I'd lived in Pennsylvania and these were the rules at that time, I would have been able to go because I'd have been older, a little bit older than by a couple of weeks, than uh, four years and seven months. Uh, finally, Wisconsin has, uh, they have a, a, two, a dual system over there. Um, you have to be age five on or before September 1st to go to five-year-old kindergarten and you or you age four on or before September 1st for four-year-old kindergarten so Wisconsin has four-year-old kindergarten now I looked to see how this might have been uh, you know in decades past going back a bit so you go back to 1990 to 2014 the statistics I found on the some one of these one of these sites and they it's not super clear it says 16 to 17 year olds uh, from 2014 uh, the rate in 2014 was not measurably different from the rate in 1990 it, it's it's indicating to me at least I, I am that it's secondary school only that's high school because then it goes to young adults that are 18 and 19 it says between 1990 and, and 2014, the overall enrollment rate for young adults age 18 and 19 increased from 56% to 68% that are in uh, post-secondary education uh, uh, or secondary education. They're either in high school or they're going into college. The enrollment rate during this period for those uh, for these young adults increased from 15% to 20% for secondary level high school, and from 43% to 49% at post-secondary level. That's college. So, I don't know. I I think I'm right. That yeah, there are some 17-year-olds that go to college, and there are some states that 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 make that possible, but I. I I, I, again, I, I, it's a sad statistic about you know more 17-year-old uh, black people being in 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 prison than in in college, but that's probably still true about you know 17-year-old white people and 17-year-old uh, other you know ethnically diverse people in America. So I, I think I'm still right on that pedantic moment. If you can show me where I might be wrong here, let me know. Send me an email, drdim at dimland.com, D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to take my first break.
Whew. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back. News. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Okay, what's next? Um, how dumb were some of the rioters on January 6th? You know, those those people that uh, peacefully listened to the Fearless Loser and ended up breaking through the uh, windows peacefully uh, of the Capitol and and running amok inside the Capitol and threatening the, the lives of, well, of Mike Pence, hanging him, and Nancy Pelosi, peacefully doing so. Um, how just, just how dumb were they? Now, I have to give credit where credit's due. I first heard of this story from uh, George Robb on his Geologic podcast, which is the most recent one. I just heard it, and I thought, this is too good not to share. Uh, this is from uh, Slate uh, the website. Uh, this is uh, January 15, 2022. Which, by the way, I think I last week I was talking about this year being 2020, and I mentioned it was 2020 instead of saying it was 2022. Eh, sorry. <laughs> I made a goof. Uh, Danielle, uh, or Daniel uh, Politi, uh, wrote this article. When Capitol Hill staffers were busy trying to clean up on January 7, 2021, P- 
people in White House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office suddenly started answering an unusual set of phone calls. Some who had taken part in the January 6th Capitol riot started calling Pelosi's office to find out where they could recover any items they had left behind. People who had stormed the Capitol called, asking whether there was a lost and found because they forgot their phone there, or they left their purse, or what have you. That's uh, Representative Jamie Raskin. He told uh, Insider. Uh, Insider's another news thing. Uh, the staffers passed on the calls to law enforcement. Uh, they quote uh, Raskin again uh, as saying, uh, the officers quickly got on the phone and said, yeah, just give us your name, your address, your social, uh, you know, and we'll tie up those loose ends. Raskin who is on the Congressional Committee investigating the January 6th riot, said the episode illustrates how so many of the people who stormed the Capitol truly felt they had done nothing wrong. Quote, What's so fascinating to me about that, there really were people who felt as though they had been summoned to Washington by the President. Unquote. The phone calls looking for lost items illustrate one of the main challenges the committee investigating the riot is facing. Quote, uh, Raskin again, when they were told that they were trespassing and invading the Capitol, they said the president invited them there. They didn't have any kind of subtle understanding of the separation of powers. They just thought that the number one person in the U.S. government had invited them to be there, and therefore they had a right. Uh, unquote. Uh, that attitude uh, that so many rioters had underscores the central role that that fearless loser played on that uh, on what happened that day. But it also complicates things for the committee because it does create a problem of assigning guilt at different levels of conduct. How dumb. Now, it's, we are given a reason there because they thought, well, we're invited here. I mean, we're supposed we're doing the bidding of Fearless Loser. Or, or, or they call him Dear Leader. We're doing his bidding. And uh, it, 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 so, and that would go far to explain the dumbasses who posted pictures of themselves and the video of themselves on their social media. We're invited. You know, dear leader wants us to do this. So they didn't think of anything about it, but uh, talk about being hoodwinked. And it reminded me there was a there's a there was another little bit uh, uh, from from this uh, uh, from that day. Uh, there was a young woman and a young fellow. Uh, they were being interviewed by uh, some reporters there. Uh, one reporter, anyway. And the young woman, she was crying, and she looked bewildered, and she was upset, and she'd, she'd been maced. And she was, and it, you know, what's it, why are you so upset? She said, well, they maced us. We went to the Capitol. It's, it's 1776, it's a, and they maced us. Right? You know, she was shocked that they were maced. And this put me in mind 
of a of a uh, bit that was on Mr. Show, the HBO special that was uh, uh, not special, but the HBO series on uh, 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 what was it uh, like in the in the nineties, late nineties, uh, that starred Bob Odenkirk and and David Cross, and there was a uh, one episode they uh, the Mr. Show uh, folks dis- declared themselves a sovereign nation. And one of the bits, you know, one of the, you know, two of the other actors that are part of the Mr. Show troupe, uh, um, they they come they come on to the scene at the beginning of the show, and um, one of the one of the members had been shot. You know, Jill is pulling in Tom, Tom who'd been shot, and uh, and and Bob and David just ask, well, what happened? You should see, they shot Tom. What? Why did it happen? And she says. They shot Tom. Why? Tom was just shooting at them, and they shot Tom. Why? And I thought, wow, that that comment by the woman who got maced. They maced us. We were there in the capital because of the revolution. We were there, and they maced us. I talk about life imitating art. Oh, boy. So... Uh, I'm looking at my time here. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to uh, do a little skepticism again. Um, the skepticism is uh, about uh, you know products that uh, alt medicine type products that that overpromise things, uh, things like foot pads. You put these pads on your feet, and you go to bed. And in the morning, you take the pad off, and the pad that had gone from white to black or dark brown, and that's all the toxins being pulled out of your body into those pads. Heavy metals that are in your body pulled into the pads. Right. Yeah, that's what that is. Or, you know, every corner has a shop that's selling CBD, this, you know, cannabinoid stuff. It's... That doesn't have the THC in it, unless you get it from somebody that does, that uh, that doesn't make the stuff properly, because it's not regulated by the FDA. Uh, not in the same way that actual medicine that works is regulated. It's more like it's a supplement, so they it's, there's no real you know no oversight to make sure that this, the ingredients that they say are in there are in there, and the ingredients that aren't supposed to be in there aren't in there. But you can still get some of the stuff that has THC in it. And I was just going to say that you know whenever you whenever you hear um, the the promising of so many different things for just this one thing. For the for the foot pads or for CBD, this one this one treatment can take care of. Let's see, I wrote a few of them down. Uh, for CBD, uh, there's uh, let's see, uh, Joseph Mercola. He's if you haven't heard of him, he's one of the most dangerous people on the internet. Uh, uh, I was hearing about all the COVID and vaccine misinformation that's going around the internet. Really boils down to about. A dozen people, internet people, that are just throwing out this stuff, and it just gets picked up and round and and sent around. It just gets picked up. And Joseph Mercola is one of the most horrible people on medicine stuff. He's horrible. He's a horrible person. Horrible. So 
his site will list these sorts of things for uh, benefits of taking CBD. Uh, it deals. It, it treats COVID. That's convenient. Migraine, fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, digestive disorders, uh, brain and mood disorders, high blood pressure, muscle spasms, nausea, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, opioid addiction, and cancer in animals. But not in humans. I wonder if it does work in, in, in humans, cancer in humans. Because, you know, humans and animals, we're not that much different physically. Especially if the animals are other mammals. I mean, yeah, 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 we're different, but, yeah. If animals can get cancer, we can get cancer. Can it work? I don't know. It's just, I mean, when you see a list like that, for this one thing to do that, eh, really, really, all that. There's uh, the foot pads, and I was just listening on uh, um, uh, the Skeptic Zone, which is a podcast out of Australia. Richard Saunders is going through this foot pad thing, which put it in mind for me to talk about it on this as well. And the foot pads, you put these things on your feet, and there's something on the pad that's you know some chemical on the pad or something on there that's supposed to draw out the toxins. You know, they never, they never really tell you what the toxins are exactly. Oh, they might say heavy metals, which then you'd need chelation therapy, which is actually proven to work to remove any kind of, you know, metals that you might get. And it's not the most pleasant and safest of treatments either. Anyway, foot pads. Some of the stuff that... Uh, that uh, they're supposed to be taken care of when they extract the, ta the toxins from you. It relieves stress, reduces anxiety, improves sleep, has anti-aging effects. Like, uh, you, you know, if you're going gray, or you're all wrinkly, helps reverse all that. Improves sleep, uh, I said the sleep. Reduces uh, back pain, vitalizes your body uh, with new energy. It removes heavy metals. And it treats diabetes, high blood pressure, and weakened immune systems. Really, all that, one thing, all that. Yes, it is possible for a medication to have more than one indication for it, to be to have more than one use. It is possible, but not this many. Uh, host of Skeptoid, Brian Dunning. Uh, he might say when you're looking at uh, claims like this uh, that when so many different uh, um, ailments can be alleviated, can be treated by this one product, the this, this CBD or foot pads or any other thing like that, like you know, some I don't know crystals, putting them up your butt. You put a crystal up your butt, boy, that's going to take away all kinds of stuff. If you if you're if you have one product that's claiming to be dealing with all kinds of different ailments, you should be skeptical. Uh, which which brings me up to my next break. I'm gonna when I come back, I'm gonna talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, because I got one more segment to do. I, I just quit right now. But no, I'm gonna talk about something else. That's a Dimland Radio. 
promise. Uh, uh, you're listening to my radio on Talk Radio Network at ctalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, coming back to talk about something else. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Told me that aliens really exist. You met them and swore. See us, Doc. Jim Pitt. Hey, son, hey, son. Have you ever wondered what skeptics are up to in countries where English is not necessarily the first language? Or are you interested to learn about some fascinating and sometimes very bizarre Europe-related facts, events or people from history of skepticism? Or do you just want to know who's been really wrong lately? You can find out all about that and more on the award-winning show The ESP, the, the European, European Skeptics, Skeptics Podcast. Podcast. So, where can people find the show? You can find it online at theesp.eu, but you can also follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu, or like us on Facebook. Oh, and you can contact the show by sending an email to info at theesp.eu. If you want to subscribe, do a quick search for the European Skeptics Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get to your podcast. The European Skeptics Podcast. The real ESP experience. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. To Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. That bumper that we just came out, came back to show, listening to, the one just now, is a song called The Bottom Line by a band known as Big Audio Dynamite, or simply Bad. And uh, Big Audio Dynamite is the band that uh, Mick Jones started after he left the Clash, not the Mick Jones from Foreigner, not not him, Mick J- the the real Mick Jones, the important Mick Jones from the Clash. Uh, when when he was when he left the Clash, he started this new band with a fellow named Don Letts, and Don Letts was a filmmaker and a DJ back in the uh, uh, punk rock days. 
um, in the UK. Uh, and the two of them had this uh, interesting concept for a band uh, using, using samples uh, from uh, you know bits of uh, sound bites from movies and TV shows put into the songs you know, it'd be like dialogue from movies and that that would be put in the song at, at, that would substitute as uh, additional lyrics it would be like somebody else is singing along with uh, with Mick Jones and Don Letts and anybody else that were singing in the band uh, they'd be singing along with them except they'd be doing these these lines from movies um, and I and I wonder and now the their their first album their debut album came out in 1985 and it was called This Is Big Audio Dynamite and the opening track on the albums which is what I'm going to talk about mainly here but I wonder how much influence uh, Brian Eno and David Burns 1981 album My Life in the Bush of Ghosts had on them because uh, what David Byrne and and Brian Eno did. Uh, they'd worked together went with uh, Talking Heads, David Byrne's band, and Brian Eno had produced several of their uh, albums. Uh, so they'd worked together before. Well, the two of them were doing this project where they would, uh, you know, play all these instruments and sometimes some weird instruments they would play. But they would use sound bites taken from talk radio, taken from uh, church sermons, uh, taken from there's an there's an exorcism. That's, that's, that they have a recording of where some guy is trying to uh, exercise a Jezebel spirit uh, out of a woman uh, in there. Uh, and they would play, neither David Byrne or, or Brian Eno sing on the album. Uh, but the songs do have lyrics, so to speak, uh, which are those sound clips that they put in. Um, so the other bumpers I, I used on this show come from that album. The other three that I used come from that album by David Byrne and Brian Eno, My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. Um, so, you know, I, check out the show notes. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes slash blog option, and you'll see the songs. You'll There'll be links to the songs that I've played in the bumpers, and you'll be able to listen to the full songs that, that are there. And uh, just to check them out. So I wonder if that was an influence on Big Audio Dynamite in using lines from movies, mostly, as lyrics to songs. Okay. Well, the opening track on their album, This Is Big Audio Dynamite, from 1985, is called Medicine Show. And it's a... Uh, Interesting sounding musically, they did some you know neat stuff that way, and there's an awful lot of these these samples in there, most of which come from the uh, uh, classic uh, uh, spaghetti western, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you'll hear Eli Wallach as his character Tuco saying something in there, and they'll have uh, you can hear Clint Eastwood and his character Blondie saying something, and other dialogue from there. And then sound effects, lesson like a machine gun firing, but that might be from a different thing than from uh, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But most of the most of the samples are pulled from that. 
And I bring that song up because it sort of uh, fits in with what I was just talking about with things like CBD and and and, and foot patches because those are generally those are another way of calling them they are snake oil and we all know about the snake oil salesmen from salesmen from the old west that would go around and they'd say this bottle of Dr. McGillicuddy's cure all will cure all it'll no matter what you got this is the cure for it you know just one dollar a bottle and one dollar is plenty of money back then because you know you know two dollars could feed a family of four for like six months so yeah that was just that's how it was back then so um and i'll link to this song as well in the show notes straight up so that you can listen to the whole thing now i'm going to read some of these lyrics and i i put this in a this is a skeptical song it 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 it's because of its its lyrics which are somewhat clever some I'm not somewhat so there's there's a nice little twist in here that I'll get to uh, that uh, that I like I think it's funny but it's the the claims are are even more outlandish than all the claims that I was listing for for uh, CBD and foot pads like you know dealing with migraines and fibromyalgia and 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 relieving stress and and anti-aging and reduce back pain and revitalizing the body with new energy that kind of stuff that similar stuff is there but it's not exact but it it does it goes over the top it, it gets ridiculous and it's great so um I'm going to read the lyrics. This is the song. I'm not going to read all the lyrics, but uh, a good portion of them. Uh, this is the song Medicine Show. All right. So um, it starts off with, uh, uh, or I'll start off with the lyrics that say, Weak in spirit, we got the juice. Won't save your soul, it'll shine your shoes. J uh, treated king to kangaroo, Santa Fe to Timbuktu. Don't be fooled by imitation. This is the stuff that cured a nation. We took the tube in the high plains too, never stopped long, just passing through. A drop of laughter of the maids of France makes the hopeless cripple dance. Uh, cripple's not the best, you know. but you know, it's not a great word, but you know, it fits for the Old West theme of this song. In India, we were all the rave, discovered that it's great as aftershave. Dropped in the sea just off Japan, swapped 20 bottles for an aqua Walkman. Uh, remember the Walkmans? You know, the, the little portable stereo that you could play, you know, your cassettes. You put a cassette in there. Remember cassettes? And then wear headphones? Oh. Anyway. Uh, Im uh, immunity from ridicule improves your brain. Uh, if it improves your brains if you're a fool. And I read in the Middle East, traded some for a hostage release. Now, if you're bald, it'll give you hair. If, and I love this line. I love this next line here. This is when it just, like, I love this line. Uh, if you've got straight trousers, it'll give you flares. I mean, it's not even medicine. It's, it'll change your clothes? What kind of a claim is that? I remember back in the 70s when my mom would tell me that she's going to go out and do some clothes shopping. She's, she's going to get me some jeans. I'm going to get you some jeans. And I said, well, make sure they're flares. <laughs> Needed those flares. Uh, see, kids, 
uh, back in the day, uh, hippies would wear pants that had uh, had flares at the bottom, which means that they kind of they purposefully you know, they they purposely get wider. And some would have bell bottoms, which would be you know the flares would get wider closer to the bottom cuff. A bell bottom would start getting wide from from like the the the, the knee down. It would start getting wide. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. Anyway, so um. <laughs> If you've got straight trousers, it'll give you flares. Feeling up, you'll get depressed. Out of style, here's a brand new dress. That stuff is really something. Now the chorus of the song is, uh, we got, we were tired and feathered um, and chased out of town. You could hear the six gun sound. So they were seen as, as being snake oil salesmen and not welcome. Uh, some more lyrics. The stuff we sell is just the best, passing all consumer tests. Days of heaven, nights of sin, voodoo stick, and shark's fin. When all around you seems like hell, just one sip will make you well. Multi-purpose in a jar, if you ain't ill, it'll fix your car. Huh? In days of yore, for all bad feelings, washing socks and stripping ceilings, nowadays it's used medicinally, for all known human malady. Is that CBD? Sounds like it, doesn't it? Except it's not going to fix your car. This stuff sounds pretty good. I wonder how much it costs to get a bottle of that shit. Anyway, I'll put that in there. And I, I, I categorize that as a skeptical song. Showing the ridiculousness of the medicine shows back then, and of the snake oil salesmen, and showing that, and in the in the chorus in the song, the 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 the, the sales the snake oil salesmen were getting in some trouble. They were the, the tarred and feathering, and the uh, the tarring and feathering, and uh, being run out of town, that kind of thing. So there was there was a little price to pay, and it's a good song. I, I like the song. Uh, the album is is okay. It's got like I think it's got like eight tracks on it, and like half of them I like, and half of them are kind of meh. But uh, uh, yeah, that 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 song's a good. That's a good one. Okay, here's a list of names. I want to see if you can figure out what these people have in common. Uh, don't worry, I'll tell you. But Jay Novella, Evan Bernstein, Celestia Ward. Blake Smith, George Robb, Matt Donnelly, and Penn Jillette. You could also put in a subcategory the names of uh, Pasquale Romero and uh, Michael Godot. Um, what do they all have in common? Well, they're all skeptics, and they all have podcasts that are uh, uh, some more than others have the you know skepticism as part of the podcast. Uh, Jay Novella and Evan Bernstein are part of the Skeptics Guide to the Universe podcast. Uh, Celestia Ward and Pasquale Romero are part of the Squaring the Strange podcast. Blake Smith, he's on Monster Talk, a podcast, and on In Research of, another podcast. Uh, George Robb, he has his podcast, which is... Uh, um, the Geologic Podcast, then Matt Donnelly and Penn Jillette and Michael Godot are all part of Penn's show called 
Penn's Sunday School. So they're all part of they all do podcasts, and all of them have skepticism as as their own, their main theme for for the ones other than Penn Sunday School. He doesn't always talk about skepticism, but it's there. Uh, Pendulette. But all the rest, and George Robb isn't always talking about skepticism, but it's there. But the uh, the you know, squaring the strange, uh, monster talk, in research of, and the skeptics guide to the universe, they all do. But they all have all these names that I read have something else in common. Every one of those people that the names I mentioned, with the exception of Pasquale Romero. And, and Michael Godot, every one of those people that I mentioned got COVID. These are people that are science fans. They're science savvy. They listen to scientists. Some of, uh, I think uh, one or two of them could be considered scientists or at least work with people that could be considered scientists. They listen to you know the medical doctors. They listen to the to the science-based medicine. In fact, Stephen Stephen Novello, who's the host of the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, was one of the people that put together the website called Science-Based Medicine. He's a doctor himself. He's a neurologist. Uh, but yet these people, they so you know they were doing the distancing. They were wearing masks. They got their vaccines. They got their boosters, and yet they still got COVID. That is how pernicious this particular variant, the Omicron-Omicron variant, this is how bad it is. That even people who are being careful still get it. Uh, Michael Godot and Pasquale Romero may have had COVID, but they tested negative. But they had family members who tested positive at the same time. They were sick. The family members are sick. They, got the, they test positive, but these two didn't. So... Yeah, these people are being careful. <laughs> what hope have I got? What hope have the rest of us got? Well, don't. I'm not trying to discourage you from following the guidelines. Please do. You'll protect yourself so much more. All of them have recovered or are recovering. All of them. Uh, Blake Smith was the latest one that I heard that had it, and his wife just posted again on the internet saying that he is greatly improved. He's back to uh, he's he's got the symptoms he had when he got the booster, so he's he's getting better. And you know, and that's one of the main takeaways. Just to remind you guys that yeah, the, the this this variant can get past the vaccines. Yeah. Even if you're being careful, it can. But if you're vaccinated and boosted, your chances of having something horrible happen from getting COVID are greatly reduced. I mean, way, way reduced. The vast majority of people who are being hospitalized, the vast majority of people who are in the ICUs, the vast majority of people who are, you know, who have gone on ventilators. Uh, and the vast majority of people who have died are unvaccinated. And the vast majority of people in this country that are getting COVID, they may not end up in the hospital, but the vast majority of them that are getting it, even if they have a mild case and they, or they, they just deal with it at home, are unvaccinated. So if you're vaccinated and you get it you, you, and you're boosted, 
you're you're you you may just skate through not too bad at all. It may be rough. Some have gone into the hospital. Some have gone into the ICUs and on ventilators, and some have died. But those numbers are tiny. Does you want to be protected? So even if these people, who are all science savvy, who are all into it, who doing the best they could, even they got the COVID. So uh, the thinking is, and I'm trying to deny it, <laughs> is that you know hopefully this the Omicron Omicron variant is is the is trending the the virus to a more mild version of it and you know it'll become endemic the pandemic will be over but it'll be more like the flu is to us well you might get the flu you might not get the flu it's not going to kill you uh, although the flu can still kill you it just you know there are factors involved you know that all of us are going to get it at some point steve novella though said he doesn't want to accept that completely he said look it's been 20 years since i've had the flu he gets his flu shot. He works in a hospital. He may not be working with patients who have the flu because he's a neurologist. But he works in the hospital environment. The flu's got to be around there sometimes. You know, but he gets his shots. He hasn't had the flu for 20 years. He washes his hands. He's careful. So if maybe you're careful, you might not ever get COVID. But it does kind of seem like, kind of seems like it might be inevitable. My wife... Thought she was exposed. Uh, her office manager had COVID, and she had worked with him. You know, she kind of she doesn't she does have her own place to work at her work where nobody else is around, so she can isolate. But sometimes she comes down to the main office and and works with the office manager. He got COVID, so she got tested this week on Wednesday. Her results came back; she's negative. So yay! But still, be careful because. Uh, COVID is still a thing, y'all. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, it's going to be fun putting the show notes together because I jumbled this thing all around. Anyway, uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network and ztalkradio.com. Be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Be careful with COVID. Follow the guidelines. Wear a mask. Get your booster. Get your vaccines. Get, get going. And let's see if we can get back to normal. And uh, again, it's me. And I'm saying, sleep the lights off. See you next week. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by... Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>